Welcome back to Material Feels, where we explore the intimate relationships between creative people and the materials they have fallen in love with. This is actually not going to be the typical exploration of the 60-minute variety. This is a little bit of a PDA, public display of affection, for myself. My love languages are quality time and gifts, and this little update is essentially a gift to myself for more quality time processing all the stuff I experienced this summer. I will be wrapping up season two with an episode next month featuring a fellow podcast producer, Colleen Thomas, who is a ritualist. We'll be talking about the materials she uses to create ritual and ceremony with a focus on the elements. You can look forward to that episode in mid-September. I want to tell you a little bit about my travels this summer. I had a lot of firsts. After a year and a half of not going anywhere and quarantining and locking down, I went back to my home state in New York where I had my first ever group artist residency at the Freehold Art Exchange. I had the opportunity to spend a couple weeks there and the first week was about audio storytelling with associate producer Liz, who brought a musician's perspective, and Lucy Kang, a reporter from the Bay Area who is also a sound artist. We went thrifting, swimming, taught each other about our gear, and exchanged storytelling workshops. My goal that week was to practice being a bit more candid with my narration, so I took morning walks and recorded my trains of thoughts. Good morning. One, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. At the end of the first week, at the culminating artist talk, I created a trailhead, named the trail Walk With Me, and texted the link to an audio tour of my stream of consciousness walking down that trail the previous day so that the listener could plug in and walk with me. The audio tour included a soundscape I made using found sounds throughout the week. I did not allow myself to edit the audio tour at all. Ow! Oh my god, something bit me! Oh, sorry. <laughs> Probably scared the out of you. What was I saying? Oh! So it is very raw, very off the cuff, and uh, even even had a, a bug interfere and just allowed that to happen. Um, and it was kind of fun to talk to each visitor about how it felt to walk down the path with a version of me. Liz created a secret booth, a kitschy confessional where visitors could speak their secrets into an antique phone that they repurposed into a mic. I go to theater camp and it's, um, I don't know, weird. Sometimes I, I wonder if we're meant to be soulmates or we're like just best friends. I fear no longer being able to speak a, a, a whole sensible sentence. There were a range of secrets, and it was a really fun, interactive art experience. Oh, we also recorded a TikTok video the first night at the residency. Liz had made a song called Call Me By My Day. out on Instagram or TikTok. It's catchy AF and it was insanely fun to make. Highly recommend making TikTok videos with your best friends. It's like a novel idea. I know no one else has thought of doing that, but like just little, giving you a little tip there. Lucy was interested in the concept of time and went around recording themselves for an entire day during that week. 
24 hours of having a field recorder on. They took it with us antiquing. They set it up during our impromptu watercolor session, our dance party, and kept it on for a full night of sleep. Then they compressed or shortened the sound until it was two minutes long. Then they ran that through a program that turned it into a song. For their installation at the end of the week, they asked people about their day, had them listen to the song, and invited them to create their own day song by improvising various sounds or words into a provided microphone. So the following week, I was joined by two folks who answered the open call for residents that I put out online. Selena and Ange are fascinated by pollinators and interested in wax as a material. I found myself, again for week two, surrounded by non-binary babes with sound sensitivities like me. Ange Roll is a beekeeper, and Selena Loomis is a fiber artist and a performance artist. We visited folks at Smoke and Honey Co., an apiary in the Hudson Valley, and we went to a show at the Women's Studio Workshop, a printmaking studio in Rosendale. We rendered beeswax from comb with Ange and made candlesticks. We harvested herbs from the grounds with Selena and made salve and dyed silk handkerchiefs. At the end of the week, Ange shared a mapping project they were working on, creating a tarot deck and incorporating lessons from bees and beekeeping. Selena created an outdoor reading room out of fabric with a soft book exploring unseen labor of creatures like pollinators and honoring the power of mundane everyday tasks. For me that second week, my goal was to focus on wax and learn as much as I could about pollinators. I took my mic into the field with the beekeeper and I got up close and personal with the bees. I played with wax as a material and I kept my mind open. When Liz, Lucy, and I had gone antiquing the previous week in Coxsackie, there's an amazing antique center there, highly recommend. I was particularly taken with the range of record players, radios, and audio ephemera we saw there. A piece of ephemera that I was amazed by and amazed to discover that it was made of wax is the wax cylinder the phonograph cylinder, the first medium used to record and reproduce sound in 1889. These things are so cool. They're about six inches tall, two and a half inches wide, and they hold two minutes of audio on them. And they can only be played a few dozen times. To make a wax record, sound travels into the horn of a phonograph and a diaphragm mechanism attached to a stylus vibrates, etching the pattern of the sound onto a rotating wax vessel. It creates grooves, which are a mirror of the track and can then be played back, but only so many times because the stylus that reads the sound is actually slowly degrading the sound, slowly changing it. Each time you listen, bit by bit, the sound is worn away, and after a few dozen times, the recording is gone. I was also inspired by wax in many ways, and I'll share more about that in a future episode of the show just for beeswax. But the key takeaway that week for me was the discovery that in a beehive, wax is like the colony's nervous system. It houses food, brood, and it is also a membrane used for communication. Bees can communicate through vibrating the comb they create and slight changes to those structures that house the honeycomb 
such as the man-made frames of a bee box, changes to that can muffle or disrupt those vibrations. So my final project that week, I got back into the ceramic studio, inspired by the wax cylinders, the delicacy of communication, memory, and sound. I threw a few dozen vessels on the wheel. I timed myself, and I spent two minutes on making each one. Each clay version of Edison's records felt like a performance piece, locking my motions into a literal record of each pull. I arranged the pieces outside of the silo at Freehold, a big, beautiful, empty metal cylinder with a really cool acoustics that kind of reminded me of a giant version of Edison's records. I took the soundscape that I had made the previous week and worked on it a bit more, turned it into a song, which I looped and then played in the silo as folks visited on the last day. That sensitivity to time when I was throwing the pieces, thinking about finite materials and repetitive performance of my hands, shaping and changing that material, it made me think about how we change what we touch and the way time alters our memories and our own tenuous methods of communication. The stylus of the phonograph, kind of like your mind, replaying a memory over and over and over. What does the replaying do to that memory? On my last night at Freehold, I walked into the woods with the unfired pieces and I left them in a circle just off the trail to melt back into the land. I'm still reflecting on those two weeks. It, it feels really good to write about them and talk about them. It was precious time that I was able to spend on my craft with people who care about things that I care about. I felt very at home, very seen. I felt calm and clear and purposeful. Re-entry was tough, and I'm still kind of reeling from traveling. Some other firsts. I registered my business, CXM Productions, with the city of Oakland last week. It came out in the paper, if anybody's local and wants to look at the East Bay Express. There is a very flashy uh, announcement in the East Bay Express. It is the, the typical announcement that I legally have to put in the paper, um, it's, it's, so it's, a, yeah, it's, it's standard, but still, if you have a copy of the East Bay Express, comes out today, find it, CXM Productions, take a picture of it, tag me. I also gave a storytelling and scoring workshop over Zoom, another first, to some folks at KPFA. Before I left for the residency, I had one more first that I need to share with you. It was a tape sync. I had the privilege and honor of meeting Hung Lu in her studio in East Oakland. Tape syncs are a great gig for audio folk. We get paid to press record with equipment we know and love. Our priority is to protect the interview from variable noise and make sure we capture the best possible sound quality. It's a nice gig, but it's even nicer when the subject matter and guest align perfectly with your interests. Hung is an incredible painter with a vibrant personality and a revolutionary life story. The interview was for Portraits, a podcast created by the Smithsonian's National Portrait Gallery. After you wrap up this update, 
you need to look up portraits wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the most recent episode on Forgetting History with Hung. We had a lot of fun before, during, and after the interview. If the light is good, you have to make me look good. Okay. I'm going to make you sound good, too. That's good. After we wrapped, she gave me a little artist book and signed it as a thank you. It was a thrilling experience, and I thought about it for weeks afterward. A few weeks ago, on my way back to the Bay Area, I listened to the interview. I texted her to congratulate her, only to discover that the next day, she had passed away from a sudden and serious illness. It's a huge loss for her loved ones, the art world, and anyone who ever had the privilege of meeting her. I hope you will listen to the interview, feel her spirit, and learn about her life's work. Amid all of these firsts, I also got a mean case of poison ivy. Ankles, legs, belly, hips, the list goes on. So lots of firsts, some grief, and no sleep for three and a half weeks. And I thought I would produce my usual 60-minute documentary-style show. <laughs> Lol, I'm so funny. Don't you love how funny I am? I'm funny. No. I felt nervous to deviate from my self-imposed deadlines and do an update, but now that I've started talking, I I can't believe I was going to like try and produce Colleen's episode on top of all this. Like I the pregnenolone is just wearing off. My heart rate is finally normal. My blisters are gone. <laughs> is that TMI? Is this TMI for the show? I don't know, maybe it is. So this is my opportunity to give you an update and encourage you to cancel something or do less. Uh, maybe don't do it 200% because you deserve some time. And the time you would have spent listening to the full Material Feels episode for August, I want you to listen to Hung's interview. I want you to stare off into space, maybe go down your own rabbit hole, do something do something that makes you happy, hold your own hand, kiss a flower. I don't know. You know, There's a lot of things you can do. I'm sure you can think of something. In the spirit of my goal earlier this summer to be more off the cuff and less judgmental of myself... I'm trying to be a little more forgiving to little old me. Uh, and I hope that this public display of affection for myself will encourage you to do something rejuvenating, be compassionate, be a little more off the cuff. Because life is short, love is real, and the material world is all around you waiting to hang out right now. See you in September. Bye. Oh my god, he bit me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Probably scared the out of you. What was I saying? Oh. So, fun story. I used to be a country person. I really did. And what I'm learning on this journey is that living in a city impacts you. It really does. It really does. Impacts the hell out of you. So, um, I'm a little jumpy. That was probably just like a literally a fly, but it did hurt a little. It just hurt my feelings, you know? Like I wasn't really, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, I like to know what's going on. Material Feels is produced by me, your host, Catherine Monahan. I'm a writer and audio storyteller with a background in art. Associate producer Elizabeth Thelise composes original music for the show as well. This episode features sounds from www.freesound.org, as well as underscores by MSFX, 
and music created just for the show by Elizabeth.